Every great film should seem new every time you see it. Welcome to the Midnight Film Review, episode fifty-three. My name's Colin Smith. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Brian Stevens. And, uh, man. <laughs> Something's going on in this room. More like the Midnight Fart Review. Good one. Dude, that would be an interesting podcast. What if we, like, um, reviewed farts? Yeah. Like, um, we would, like, anytime we fart, we'd write it down in a journal, talk about the potency of it, the... The, the depth of smell. Keeping a fart log. The, yes, the loudness. Yeah. And then we could come on and we'd have a podcast about, you know, our farts of the week. Man, I feel like we just hit a new low. We might have. That was just kind of that was just kind of sad and juvenile <laughs> at the same time. Hey, um, it worked it worked for uh Howard Stern. I mean I mean he made millions off of farts and Yeah, I think he's more just like sexual crassness than anything else that's true. but Probably. there's some farting into the microphones I mean yeah okay I believe it <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> an interesting show for you this week to all of our first time listeners yeah uh, welcome and uh, you know how to find other podcasts <laughs> just kidding um, <laughs> well we're gonna start off our open discussion with a little follow-up on birth of a nation we uh, have the return of my least favorite <laughs> segment. They're franchising what now? Uh, we've got a listener email. Um, I back to not doing anything. So <laughs> Brian will be taking over for some media hot takes. Because that's all I do with my life. Yeah, I mean, consume media. You, you know what? Somebody's got to. <laughs> that's right. You're, you're the hero that we don't deserve, but we need. I'll keep on fighting for you all. Yeah, fighting the good fight, and we're gonna. Finish this week with a review of The Accountant, <laughs> uh, which is maybe the most wildly inconsistent film I think we've ever seen. Yeah. If I could speak for both of us, that's it's, what I would... Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, weirdly intriguing yet unsatisfying film. Yeah. Yes. And Yeah. Over the all over the place in just every conceivable <laughs> way a film could be inconsistent. It's true. So, uh, well, anyway, um, Birth of a Nation. We uh, we saw that. Yeah, we did. And uh, nobody nobody else did. It turns out. <laughs> um, uh, as of today, the film has made just under thirteen million dollars. Uh, it's only domestic right now, and I don't know if their plans on. Doing an international release, um, but I haven't heard anything. But I mean, uh, Twelve Years a Slave got an international release. Yeah, but Twelve Years a Slave was a great film. Good, good point. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Um, Touche. Yeah. So, right, basically, uh, this this film was purchased for a huge sum, uh, considering. I, I guess the the precedent for other films being purchased for Sundance for, from Sundance uh, was purchased for seventeen million dollars, seventeen and a half million dollars, um, and Fox who's it who bought it? Fox Searchlight. Yeah, Fox Searchlight paid another uh, estimated uh, 
18 million dollars somewhere in there in advertising costs so right now we're you know 13 out of 35 million recouped um, so finances aside this film was seemed like it was going to be an early Oscar contender yeah. and I think that probably had a something to do with the, the purchasing decision here. Um, the bad news for Birth of a Nation is the official uh, Oscar screening of the film happened and roughly 500 people attended and the problem with that is uh, Academy members are allowed to bring a guest to every screening so Somewhere between 250 and 500 out of a potential, like, what did I say, 9,000? Mm -hmm. 9,000 uh, Academy members have actually seen the film, um, which the theater wasn't even half full. Uh, not a good turnout. Not a good sign at all for Oscar prospects for... No, um, not at all. For this film. So, and, and you know, d despite my ignorance on the matter, it, it really does seem like Nate Parker's um, personal life and the contra controversy over his um, rape allegations in his past cast a pall uh, around this entire project. Um, yeah. I mean, every article references it. There were there have been protesters. There was a lone protester at the Academy screening. Um, so it just uh yeah and rose rose mcgowan uh had a wasn't directed necessarily at this film or i mean there, there's been lots of things circulating about woody allen's latest movie um you know nate parker obviously but she tweeted some cryptic tweet like let's stop making films with sex offenders <clears throat> um basically saying like if you work with these people you are uh, uh, just as big of a, a a problem as they are. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, whatever your stands on. I mean, that's it made it made headlines that she came out and said this. Um, I don't think it matters that she's not going to be in their films because I'm sure they're not really asking her to be. But yeah. there's there's been several um, actions to come out and say they won't they will no longer work with um, with, with with Woody. So that's that's interesting. Um, the bigger thing about Birth of a Nation, I think, is the quality of the film, though. I think you hit the nail on the head. So, if you look at um, 12 Years a Slave, it brought in $187 million worldwide, a little over $50 million here in the U.S. Uh, I mean, that had a little bit more star power behind it, but it's an infinitely better film than Birth of a Nation, and I think part of what kind of sucked about Birth of a Nation is initially there was word out of Sundance like, oh, I can't wait till people see this film. People are going to be talking about it. It's It just sheds such a light on the brutality of slavery. Like, I heard so many critics talk about this. And, yeah, and that is really what the film didn't do very well. Yeah. If you, They're like, yeah. like uh, Matt Goldberg at Collider touted this film. gave it four out of five stars and was saying how it was brutal and um, the conversation around it was going to be controversial. But honestly, nobody had a really a controversial take on this film because it's really not that controversial. The only thing that's... Other than it, the rape stuff, um, the only like on-camera controversy there's really been is about him just not being true to Nat Turner's story. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not a bad film. We, you know, you can go listen to our review, but I think... 
just the overall quality reflects in Oscar uh, or the Academy not turning out for it. If it was a good film, they would have turned out for it. If it had a bigger buzz about it, they probably would have turned out. Yeah, and ha- having seen this film, there there's just no way that this is an Oscar it, no, caliber right. film. Well, I mean, to be fair, it could easily get nominated because who knows how the fuck that works. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. Plenty of awful and insane yeah. category nominations, but this film is not a not going to be a winner or right. contender for winning anything. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I see the difference between Woody Allen and Nate Parker is that Woody Allen was a successful and yeah. um, incredibly respected filmmaker before mm-hmm. he did some heinous shit. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Nate Parker is fighting an uphill battle. Uh, you know, this is just right from his past and, uh, yeah, he's he's fighting to get out of the gates here. Not that I'm, you know, condoning what he's done or you know how the other side, how his past has affected this film's reception. But just you know, it's it's a little bit different. So uh, yeah, so much for uh, and and it's this other sad part is that Fox invested all this money in independent film and yeah. It hasn't paid off, and I just I hope that this doesn't deter them from being willing to agree make that investment in the future. But we'll have to see. Fox Searchlight is um, has been really good about pr- producing, um, getting money behind films that sort of are somewhere in in the ether between a true indie film and a Hollywood film. Yeah. Um, Correct. They're, yeah. one, they're one of the few. The, uh, Fox Searchlight and A twenty four are two yeah. studios who are, are aren't afraid to put a little bit of money. You know, there's twenty million dollar films out there that nobody's yeah. making. Like, uh, I, so Green Room, I'm almost yeah. positive was um, at least partially produced by Fox. So Fox Searchlight. So they do good things. I you know I hope that keeps keeps uh, happening into the future. Um, Agree. Anyway, enough about that. It's time for. They're franchising what now? Uh, so Brian got to bring to my attention today that um, Paramount and of Abby and Wade, Paramount. Of by course, the way. it's Paramount. Sony and Paramount. They're thirsty, <laughs> as as the kids say. Paramount, you thirsty. Um, Paramount and Leonardo DiCaprio and Abby and Way, uh, his production company, are teaming up to make a. Captain Planet film. Uh, live action. Live action, yeah. Which, I really, I think the only important detail here is that they have not announced whether it will or will not be starring Don Cheadle. <laughs> that is the question. Um, and that's really all I care about. Uh, so, real quick, you know, I mentioned Sony before, and I, I totally forgot... That this project, this this Captain Planet, was in development by Sony, but they let the rights lapse. That sounds so familiar. <laughs> right. Where have I heard that before? Sony, uh, oh, in Sony. in possession of a marketable IP, and un- just unable to pull the trigger. So the 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 film is going to be written by, um, uh, sorry, jo- Jono 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 Matt, and. Uh, Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, uh, most famously, I guess, from the TV show Scream, Scream Queens on Fox. And uh, 
kind of had his breakout acting role in Everybody Wants Some, which I've seen. You haven't seen. Great, great movie. Linklater movie. Um, so they're going to be directing. No word on if Leo is going to be starring. I just can't. It, that seems like such an awful fit for him. He would just overact <laughs> the, that overact that role into the ground. The thing is, you know, he's gonna if he's in this film, it's as Captain Planet. Like they're uh, right. I mean, a, a bad guy. How about a bad, or a bad guy? guy? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm totally down to watch okay. Leonardo DiCaprio play an evil corporate s- s- polluting sleaze bag <laughs> yes. um, that Captain Planet has to fight. But he he's not allowed to be Captain Planet. That's my caveat for. But he kind of isn't he? Our, well, I, I guess him and Al Gore are kind of battling over who's the real Captain Planet in real life. Yeah, but Al Gore invented the internet, so he wins. He, boom! <laughs> Walk away. Uh, I mean, okay. Let's talk a little bit about this project, though. It it. I mean, I grew up with Captain Planet. Loved the cartoon. Was a fan of it. Uh, you know, teaches good lessons. Not to pollute, you know, recycle, all that good stuff. How is this going to relate to a live-action film in, in 2016? Well, I have a fantastic answer for you, because just like everything nowadays, we can't resist going for that gritty, realistic uh, portrayal reboot. Yeah. Um, so, the Hollywood Reporter article mentions that the film takes place some years in the future, um, after Captain Planet is a washed-up has-been nobody who needs the Planeteers <laughs> more than they need him. And I don't even know what that means because they're, like, dependent on him for their powers yeah, in the first like, place. Like, so they're just, he's just sitting in a bar drinking his life away and they come to rehab him up? Like, I, what? I just, yeah, I mean, how does... How does Captain Planet become a washed-up has-been? Like, I mean, he's, he's a, our hero. He's a superhero. Right. <laughs> like, what? I mean, he just, like, he feels like he's lost the battle, or... Pollution's won. I mean... <laughs> also, I'd like to point out that Captain Planet would probably be just getting stoned. That's I true. I don't think he would condone drinking. No, but, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. I, here's the other thing, though. He, mo- he moved to Colorado and started his own <laughs> dispensary slash grow house. <laughs> oh, that is that would be perfect. Um, so I'm sure. I mean, they're they're probably not sticking to the cartoon at all. But like, what? Like thinking about this, what was Captain Planet? He like where did he exist? It, it, like where is his natural existence? What is he? Is he? Cause I don't he, know. If I've I have no idea what the origins of the character or if yeah, there ever was any. There wasn't. Bat- I mean, there might have been. There might have been. I guess you. I mean, I was young. Yeah. We're not hardcore Captain Planet That's fans, true. and you know they're out there somewhere. Yeah, somebody's. But well, maybe at the we need to hit the wiki page up or something. We probably should have. But I just seem. I mean, I felt like from what I remember, it's like he he was like a. Where did he exist when he wasn't coming out of the the rings? Like. It's such a weird character. This is this is a this is gonna be a weird film. Yeah. I mean, I don't like. So you have these kids who have rings, and the only way I I just I don't get it. I don't, like, did the rings give him his power? Because he, he's like not in. He's not in the realm. He's not in on Earth until they call him forth. They summon him. Yeah. With the rings. 
But that doesn't mean he doesn't. So we're going to have like a, a philosophical debate on the nature of the reality of this universe. Like, does he exist somewhere else simultaneously? Right. Are the rings just a transportation device? Or do they bridge some sort of ethereal gap between his plane right. of existence and ours? You know, are, are the rings... Do they summon him, or are they just manifestations of his power? You know, what's the relationship there? Mm-hmm. Personally, I, you know... I mean, this is... <laughs> Personally, I hope they just go full retard and we get, like, <laughs> Captain Planet, who's just broken and just, like... The the bat... the <laughs> Ben Affleck's Batman and Batman vs. Superman. Captain Planet, who just murders people. <laughs> just... Do you bleed? You will. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're compost now, motherfucker. <laughs> oh god! I now I'm actually looking forward to this film now. I just uh, how yeah. I mean, really, the the reason that this is such a big deal is because the the show is like occupies such a specific time and place. Mm-hmm. There's no it didn't like transcend in, right. into the cultural zeitgeist. This is not like a beloved franchise. Right. Yeah, this yeah. is that weird schlocky hippie environmental show that it was on only TBS. 90s kids. And it was on remember. TBS. Yeah. Like this is a Ted Turner like yeah. Uber left wing like we got to get this planet back in shape so I'm going to make a cartoon and and encourage the kids on like this was not on a, this wasn't an afternoon cartoon like they came on this was like a it was when a this wasn't a Saturday morning this would randomly come on at random times on TBS uh, I don't know but how, yeah, how the hell do you make this work as a live action feature length film and are you you're really going for the the gritty <laughs> the gritty remix <laughs> uh, I just I don't even I don't even know what like is this a chill? It's not a children's film. Is it a children's film? Where I mean, what? Where? Why? How? How, I, how are you? Why? What? <laughs> I mean, we know that Leo is obsessed with uh, the Earth, which I mean, good. He's a well-known environmentalist who wants to, us to stop destroying the Earth. And his, I guess, the last grasp is Captain Planet. So he's resummoning, summoning him. I don't know. I just... I don't know what else to say. I mean... Yeah. What, I mean, what... What in the name of God is this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> also, I've always wanted to know, what is heart? <laughs> For those of you... Yeah. Who how, does, how does that work? You Do you cause people to like... Is it like the Orgasmerator? <laughs> Orgasmatron? <laughs> These are important questions oh that I, I never had answered by the by the cartoon. It's the fifth element. Heart is the fifth element. Mila Jovovich is the fifth element. Touche, my friend. That's why she, her character learned English and started inter- appearing in other films unrelated to, <laughs> unrelated to that one. Oh, another classic, the franchising what now moment. Captain America. <sighs> Can't wait. Captain, Captain Planet. Or, sorry, Captain Planet. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's why you're leading the show. If you and if you haven't, go watch the uh, the funnier die, Captain Planet yes. parody starring Don Cheadle because they're great. I, that movie I would watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of sounds like that's what they're I, based. I, the band. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
I mean, that Captain Planet really does need some help. (laughs) All right. Well, moving on, um, we have a belated uh, belated email from regular contributor Anal Robbins. Uh, He says, hey, guys. Oh, he didn't call us Midnighters. Uh, Hey, guys, congratulations on making it a full year. It's awesome, and I look forward to listening to you guys for the next 20. I completely have faith the money you will pull in being sponsored by the possum is going to make that happen. <laughs> I would I would pay money to not be sponsored by the possum. <laughs> I think I would too. Um, anyways, the most memorable review I remember is probably the one of Forrest Gump. I know Brian ruined some friendships at work with this one, but his feelings couldn't be held back any longer. Um, after hearing what you guys had to say about... Uh, this movie, it changed my perception of it. Uh, as, a, as a society, it's a film that most people really enjoy, but holy crap, is this movie full of bad people taking advantage of someone with a mental disability. Um, I mean, can we stop right there? Like, yeah. That's, I, first of all, that's kind of what, I, that makes me feel really good. Not that I turned somebody against for a scum, that makes me feel good as well, but this is what this podcast is about bringing a different viewpoint opening your eyes to maybe some things I feel like the the problem is Forrest Gump is so superficially charming that most people can't like see past that aspect of the film yeah I I mean they don't even want to they don't care care to Uh, but hey we opened an owl's eyes and that's all that matters or his eye whatever uh huh which uh, yeah okay anyway um (laughs) Um, as a society we might be horrible people for enjoying this movie for as long as we have since I've already used the word crap twice this leads me to a funny moment just recently when maybe possibly you had to take a break from recording because a certain woman rolled around in some poo that was amazing that was in heaven every episode Uh, also I love it when Colin nerds out super hard like something with a World of Warcraft reference keep up the good work boys from your boy Anal well thanks Anal we appreciate your uh, belated email um, you, you missed the anniversary episode, but that's okay. You're back. Yeah. Well, nobody else emailed us this week. Yeah. Right? So no, made up made up for it. you. You saved us. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Man, I honestly that the the spectacle of uh, <laughs> that was quite an experience. Of the dog pooping a bed and your wife rolling in <laughs> said poop in the bed it was uh it was a moment a moment to behold it, it was it was special and it's been immortalized in the in the podcast yes that is true whenever you want her to relive that day just, just you know throw it back on crank up the speakers and just close your eyes drift back into memory lane oh she still she still swears that it was an accident i think the dog did it on purpose but i mean you know what i all that's important is the dog pooped in the bed. That's, that's right. Really, it doesn't matter how or why, you know. No, it's, and it's it's important to know that dog is a great Dane. Yeah. So, <laughs> so think of that, wrap your mind around that one. The the best part was that she kept insisting it was just a little bit of poop, but then also <laughs> somehow it had covered like her entire leg. <laughs> oh god, oh, that's the humor you get on the midnight film review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? We're here keeping it real. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Four no, one one point five seven. <laughs> one point five That's one. One. There Is you that? go. Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. There we go. Math. So, if you have any other emails uh, that you want to send us, we'll read them. Obviously, <laughs> we'll read anything. 
uh, on air. That's midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. Um, I would love to revisit the Why I Hate um, segment. And I think that is maybe something we should make plans to do in the future. I know, I, I think, um, I, I feel like we could do a, a Godfather episode. I think um, we could too. I mean, I would almost be willing to sit through that bloated, slow mess of a film again just to take a giant shit on it with you yes. over the internet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there, so, there's a small chance that we will do something different at some point yeah. and that would certainly be on the list. So Agreed. I, yeah, I, and that's a, that's a film that we both think is quite overrated. So I mean, yeah. Maybe, I mean, easily one of the most overrated films of all time. Although, it's, I feel like The Big Lebowski would compete with it. Although I think The Big Lebowski is a much better film and mm-hmm. much more enjoyable film than Godfather. Yeah. It's, I think also there's a different kind of yeah film actually, enthusiast. I, trust that, me, I, f- I feel what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I think both both of those people should have to just live together in the own special hell. <laughs> That they've created. That they've they've created for themselves. Um, I think that's going to do it for open discussion. Yeah. Like Brian said, email us midnightfilmreview@gmail.com. Suggestions, questions, comments. We will read it and indulge you. Yes. Uh, we will be right back with, and by we I mean Brian will be right back with some media <laughs> hot takes. Media Hot Takes by Brian. Brought to you possumless. We're, we're without, what is, we're without the possum. Possum free. Shed your possum. Live uninhibited. <laughs> we're also horse free tonight. That's true. We, we have a and very. Poop, poop, bed poop free. Well, well I don't know. Maybe. I, That's true. They could yeah. be pooping right now. Who knows? Um, so, once again, I have to do the heavy lifting because Colin has. Once again, I don't more, care. More important things to do. Um, that's okay because I have I've been watching tons of television and tons of movies. Um, once again, I have been trying to watch at least one horror movie a day. Um, that hasn't been happening, so I've been catching up on the weekends. Saturday, I watched uh, something like seven movies on Saturday. It was a long day. Sounds exhausting. I watched a lot of it was exhausting. I watched a lot of horror movies on on Saturday and. I was I was actually scared at night. My wife was at work. I was here alone with the dogs, and I felt like a a twelve year old little boy cowering under the covers, praying that nothing would happen. But um, I'm gonna review. I'm gonna give media hot takes on two of those films. So okay, and so the first the first film is I had been recommended this film on Facebook. I put out on on my Facebook like, hey, what are some movies? horror movies obscure that you you know you would recommend um and one of them ones that got thrown out there was a movie I had heard about and I had wanted to see um and that's Near Dark so excuse me Near Dark is uh directed by Catherine Bigelow and written by Catherine Bigelow famous for Her Locker Zero Dark Thirty Point Break that Catherine Bigelow so it kind of gives you an idea of the sensibilities of this movie 
It's about a small ta- small town farmer's son who gets bitten by a vampire and falls in with them as they travel around. Uh, I believe it's Texas, the Texas, uh, West Texas, and murder and rob and it, it's very much a vampire western in a lot of ways. Uh, they have a standoff with cops. There's guns. Vampires shooting guns. It's a really weird movie. Um, really weird characters. Um, Lance Hendrickson is the leader of the group. Uh, if you you'll recognize him, he's uh, he, he's a villain in a lot of movies. He's Bishop in Aliens. He's um, yeah, fam- uh, famous character actor. Yeah, Although yeah. I don't feel like I haven't seen him much in the last 10, 15 yeah, years. Yeah, I'm looking through his, filmo- his filmography and he hasn't been in anything in a while. Yeah. Uh, but in the 80s, he was in a ton of movies. Terminator, he, you know, James Cameron, Catherine Bigelow um, used him in a lot of their films. Uh, Bill Paxton is, uh, is in this movie who plays a... He's 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 by far the best actor in this, and he his character is unhinged. He's an unhinged vampire who is just like drunk on his power. The fact that he he is a vampire. The funny thing about this movie too is, I don't think they ever use the word vampire in this movie. They don't have fangs. They don't fly. They don't turn into bats. They just suck blood and uh, die of sunlight hits them. Um, but they're gun-toting, knife-toting. Like, it is a really weird movie. Um, the ending is kind of silly uh, and confusing. And the performances, other than Bill Paxton's, aren't great. But if you're looking for something a little bit different this Halloween, it's not particularly scary. Um, it's a well-crafted film with some great action shots and um, pretty decent cast. So that's uh, that's Near Dark. Uh, have you ever heard of it? No, I've no? never heard of it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I put out the call and people respond. I mean, people who are into horror films, like, get really into horror films. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like, there's, people were bringing up movies that, like, I'm like, I never heard of these films, and, but I'll check them out. And, like, Near Dark was almost impossible to get a hold of. Like, I struggled to find it anywhere. And the same thing with this movie. So, 1974's Black Christmas. Um, have you heard of this film? They remade it in 2006. Not unless it stars Tyler Perry. <laughs> nope. Um, so, during their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked and killed by a stranger. Um, so, this is kind of a precursor to some of the slasher flicks that we knew in, in, in the 80s and late 70s. So, this came out before Halloween. It came out right around uh, the time of... Texas, what time, when did Texas Chainsaw Massacre come out? Do you know off the top of your head? Mm, early 80s, I want to say. Late 70s, early 80s. 74. 74. So this came out the same year as that. Okay. So um, so this movie is more of a... It's more of a psychological thriller. Um, this, this movie is also... Uh, a lot of people think that the... The, the movie with the babysitter where the killer's in the house. What is what is that movie? Uh, I, I, this is embarrassing. I'm sorry. Can't think of any of that movie. But so the whole trope, like the phone call is coming from inside the yeah. house. We trace the call. Yeah, that's actually from this movie. Interesting. Uh, yes. And 
this movie, it scared the shit out of me. Uh, you never see the killer. You are always, when, when the killer is around, you're mostly seeing through his eyes. Um, there are other creepy shots, like um, you see his eye, but you never find out who the killer is. Um, I know I, that's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but they, they never build intrigue like you should know who the killer is. Like yeah. there's no, there's no opening where like somebody escapes from a mental asylum. Like it's none of that. It's just, it's Christmas time. Yeah. These, these, these kids are on break. They're having, they're kind of getting drunk. They're having a good time, these girls. And then all of a sudden they just start going missing and nobody thinks to look in the attic. Um, the only actor... Well, Mark, that's definitely a spoiler, you jerk. <laughs> it's, it's really not, I promise. Okay. Um, so, um, Margot Kidder is the only real name in this. Um, you may know her as Lois Lane in Superman movies. Um, everybody else is... Uh, they're just people that I've either never heard of or are not big name actors. Um, the director of this movie, his name is Bob Clark... And I just want to give you... So, do you know who Bob Clark is? No. All right, so he directed Black Christmas. He also directed two movies that are probably, I would say, be considered cult classics. And one is an all-time great Christmas classic. He directed Porky's (laughs) and A Christmas Story. Okay. So the guy who directs this... Like, violent slasher film is the same person who directed A Christmas Story. It, it blew me away. Like, I was just shocked when I, when I found that out. Um, th- this movie is... I mean, it is terrific. It, it's not... I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. It's not perfect. It's, it's definitely... It's definitely a... A horror film, like, in its time. Like, it's definitely a 70s slasher horror film. There's definitely some dwelling on psychological elements to freak you out. You know, somebody's always watching you. Somebody's calls and pranking you and breathing heavy into the phone. Um, you know, stuff that screamed it over and over again. This, But this was kind of like the beginning of that trope. And I, I mean, I didn't realize that. I mean, this is a, this is a... This was truly a gem for me to find because it seems like it's kind of cliche now, but like this is 1974. This is before these films were all made. So this was kind of the first one that really started this trend. And um, it was well, it was well crafted. Uh, acting's okay. Uh, if you can, fi- if you can find a, a, a decent looking copy of it, I would be interested because this movie was also very, very hard to find. Like I'm talking like scoured the internet for hours to find um but don't and don't get fooled and don't watch the the remake um because i did watch the remake uh because i couldn't find this film so and the remake is not not good so that's black christmas so check it out black christmas near dark uh two halloween favorites of mine now uh just saw them this past week definitely recommend both of them something different something you've never seen give you a, a nice chill so um yeah i think that's gonna do it for media optics yeah well we will be right back with our spoiler free review of the <laughs> the accountant can't wait yeah
we're back. Let's uh, let's do some accounting of this film. <laughs> That's a good um, one. Yeah, so I don't even know how to go about giving a synopsis of this film. Yeah, it's kind of hard, right? Um, the, I had no idea what this film was about watching the trailer. It does, um, it this does film do. has no idea what it's about no. in a very general sense. Uh I, I don't know. Is there what, what's the IMDb synopsis? What is as a math savant uncooks the books for a new client, the Treasury Department closes in on his activities and the body count starts to rise. Uh, That's not, not yeah completely accurate. Yeah, yeah. So I you could say <laughs> I, all right. So Ben Affleck plays an accountant who is somewhere on the autism spectrum disorder spectrum scale uh and where on the spectrum he is seems to depend on which scene of the movie you're watching <laughs> and but that's neither here nor there um who is raised um as basically i don't know if this, i don't think this is a spoiler you, you know he's a killer by the <laughs> trailers right he's, he's raised as Basically, autistic oh, daredevil geez. by his military intelligence father, <laughs> and becomes a clandestine accountant for uh, shady like drug operations. I, I, I don't know. I, um, and decides to take a legitimate job, and uh, things go not like a. Like he changes careers, but <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> it's so hard to explain this movie. Well, all right, so he's he's like a he's like a consulting accountant, right? Yeah. He usually works for drug cartels, <laughs> like forensic. He does forensic accounting, yeah, um, and he decides to accept a a forensic accounting job assignment for a legitimate a legitimate company. company, and of course things don't go the way he he thought they would. Uh, I guess. Right? Is that... I, I mean, I is that a good... Yes, I don't I, really think you can do spoiler-free any better than that. You covered it very well. I mean, uh, you did a better job than watching any of the trailers. Give yeah. you a better idea of what this movie's about. <laughs> yeah. It, it, feel, like, it feels like this movie is like three scripts that were thrown into a blender and they came out with this, in a way. Yeah. Well, the... I mean, man, this is a soft topic. I feel like there are there's like a great movie that happened before this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many interesting things that just ha- have already happened sometime in this character's past. <laughs> they could have easily made a better, more compelling film about it. That's not oh. here nor there. Yeah. Okay, um, so this film is <laughs> just it's not bad. No, I enjoyed um, it. It's it's entertaining. Well, somewhat. Uh, but it's so confusing. And I don't mean confusing in the sense that I was lost or I didn't understand <laughs> what was happening. Confusing in that it's just all over the place. Yeah. Like there are different genres of film. There are different like plots happening. There are things that are in in the film that don't like go anywhere or resolve anything or 
um, aren't explained and are just totally unnecessary. And I'm not really sure why they're, they bothered to do that. Um, basically, this film is way, way over, overly complicated. Yeah. Um, it would have been a much better film if they could have paired some of the things off and just focused on either telling the story and being a compelling mystery or thriller right. or an action film or, you know, just, there are just a bunch of, bunch of different ideas that are not fully realized or that are working and then just sort of abandoned in favor of a different filmmaking approach. Um, it's it, this film. It's just it's just so hard to talk about. So Ben Affleck's performance is okay. I feel like his handling by the director wasn't great, and his character performance is not consistent. Yeah, but it's still enjoyable. Um, you could say uh, there are some great action set pieces, and then there are some kind of bland action set pieces uh there are whole character plots and arcs that are just totally don't need to be there um interesting ideas left by the waist i mean god they're just this is really like two different films crammed into one or maybe three different films crammed into one so i you know there's not really much playing right now uh you know, I, I don't know. It's it's not an it's it's an entertaining film. Like it's not perfect, it's not great, it's baffling, but it's entertaining at the end yeah. of the day. So I see I I agree with everything you said. Um the 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 thing that's odd to me, so this script was on the two thousand eleven blacklist, uh, which is a list of movie scripts that are unmade but are thought to be really good around Hollywood um, and I think maybe the script is good because I feel like this movie would be better as a book if that makes sense oh it's, yeah it's absolutely a weird, weird thing to say but well, the, so it's like for to make this movie work with all of the plot threads that mm-hmm. are in the film it would have needed to be at least a four hour film yeah, You're, that's and, not a joke. That's 100% correct. Like, if they had taken the time to flesh out all the ideas and all the pieces they introduced, it could have been a fantastic, unique film. Yeah. But they, nothing is nothing is resolved, and uh, not everything is integral to what happens at, at the end of the day, and there's just not not nearly enough time to deal with all the things they introduce. I agree. And and what that ends up doing is it leaves every character other than Ben Affleck kind of on this unusable island, like this misfit island of characters. Yeah, like, like you, they could be in different films. Yeah, like yeah. You, Anna, Kend- <clears throat> sorry, Anna Kendrick and uh, John Barenthal are, are their, their characters are in two different movies. Like, and... You could say the same thing with John Lithgow's character and J.K. Uh, Simmons' character. Like, J.K. Simmons' character is so serious, like, and so endearing at the same time. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to give you any plot details, but his character, like, I don't know. That whole thread, I feel like, could have been left out of the movie. But at the same time, like, maybe if that 
plot line was in a different movie, it would be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then Anna Kendrick's character is just, I mean, it's plot fodder. I mean, it's really only in there to service the plot and to kind of get us from point A to point B. Yeah, it, it's like it's like the entire movie, The Witness, occurs like, <laughs> yeah. in the, the middle... <laughs> In the middle of this film, and then it moves on because there are just so many freaking things happening that they don't even need that as an integral part of the movie. Right, and uh, yeah, so it's like, and then it's like once, once we're done with her, we we can just move on to the next, the next plot thread. And you're you're right. Like I, I think, honestly, like I feel like this is was it's almost like a trilogy rolled into one film, um, and it's unfortunate because. You're right. It's fun. The action's good. The action's really is really fun. I wish there was more of it. Honestly, um, I I feel like the director, when it came to the action, the director knew what he was doing. Uh, I really enjoyed John Barenthal's character a lot when he was on screen early in the film. I would have loved to see more of him, and like what he actually does. Where like what who does he work for? Like. His, like, his, yeah. his, he's just kind of, I don't know, his character isn't developed, developed at all, and there, there's a twist in this film that is, you can see, like, from, like, as soon as the, the words The Accountant comes on, it's, you can see the, the, the twist, I feel like, I don't, it's one of the least well-hidden plot twists, yeah. like, like, uh, we'll talk about it in spoilers, but yeah. it's. I mean, and to be fair, this might not be something that everybody picks up on, but I actually didn't think they were trying to hide the mm-hmm. twist. I just thought, oh, cool, like we're seeing yeah. this, and then, then it's like they don't want you to understand who this is or what role yeah. this person's playing. And I was like, oh. Really? We can't just hang out, you know? Yeah, like, right, yeah. We can't just be like, with this guy. Just yeah. fill, fill in the fucking gaps. Like, I just yeah. want to know what the hell is going on. Like, <laughs> you don't have to pretend that you've tricked us into not... You know, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But yeah, this... I feel like this film, like... What, was the script just, like, way too long and they had to chop That's it That's what down? I feel like, yeah. Um, I feel I, I feel like... I feel like the, I mean, I didn't read anything else about it. I just know that I saw that it was on the blacklist. And I mean, I just... So, I just assumed that this was adapted from another IP. Mm-hmm. And even walking out of the film, I just assumed that this was a mm-hmm. novel or this was a graphic novel. Um, and looking at... I, I could be wrong. Looking at Wikipedia, it does not mention that this is an adaptation. It's not. A, in fact, it's not. Yeah. Uh which is just, like, it's it's weird. Like, I, on one hand, congratulations for making, writing what could have been an incredible film, but then at the same time, it was clearly unworkable in the state yeah. that it was written in, uh, and it didn't end up being compelling. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this either needed to be Two movies or a book. Yeah, uh, agreed. But I it, it, and it's unfortunate because I I feel like we we missed out on. I mean, this is like you said, this is an original property. So this is original filmmaking. This is filmmaking the way it should be. You know, from one man's head onto the uh, the paper into one man's hands and onto the screen. Like I, that's the kind of filmmaking that we I think we want to see more of. Yeah, but it's like. It was just, 
like they had too much material coming out of their ears and instead of like just making an investment and saying hey let's break this down and let's make you know because I guarantee this movie made a lot of money not a lot of money but it made decent money this weekend there's yeah. a good chance that they're gonna want to make a sequel and it's like I would be interested in seeing that if it's more coherent than this you know I, it could be there could be a good sequel in there yeah, I, I mean it's it's like they I, I don't know I just <laughs> they're the film tries so hard to be mysterious yeah that it, it yep. just fails utterly and completely and I I wanted I wanted that like if you're gonna try and make this uh it, and really they're I mean, I can count at least four different stories, like mm-hmm. a four-layered narrative. Um, just they they try and inject suspense or mystery, and really it just falls flat. Yeah. And there's no there. <laughs> then there's some plot holes. Um, and I, re- I really wanted that to work. I wanted it to be this big web that I was not following until it was all revealed to me. But it, it doesn't end up being the case. Yeah. And that kind of took away from my uh, enjoyment, too, when I realized that this film was not smarter than me. It was just mm-hmm. too ambitious and not executing... Uh, at maybe the same level it, it had been written at, so... Uh. And, and I think that maybe... Uh, and I, I don't... I don't necessarily mean this in a bad way, but I'm not sure that the director knew what he was good at. So what I mean by that is, I think... So he, he this is the same guy who made Warrior, uh, the, the main movie with Tom Hardy and mm-hmm. um, Joel Edgerton, which is, is a great movie, good hand-to-hand combat. He, he understands, I think, action, but... I'm not sure that he completely understood how to take this material and put it together because I think even as bad as or maybe as dense as the script may have been, I think a good director, someone who is a little bit more with a little bit more maybe freedom to pick apart the script would have realized we don't need this thread in this. We don't need this thread in it. And just taking those out and simplify the story, kind of. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, the action the action's what makes it fun. This is good action. I really enjoyed the action in this movie. Uh, and I enjoyed the, the, the... See, the mystery for me was trying to figure out the, the character that Ben Affleck was playing. Not necessarily, you know, why he was doing what he was doing, but more of like how he lived his life day to day. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but they don't. They don't really. They don't really reveal it. I mean, no, his, I agree. His character ends up being, well, yeah, we, we'll, we'll yeah, get to it. But anyway. I, I think we should wrap up um, non spoilers by saying I don't know if you need to go see this in, in the theater. I think you should see it at some point. I think um, most of the people who enjoy this podcast would enjoy this film. It's definitely fun. I I, I wasn't. Um, upset that I that I saw it I definitely wanted more out of it but um, you could do definitely do worse it's <laughs> I think yeah I think this film is worth watching just to 
understand yeah. what we're talking about almost because I don't think I've ever seen a film like this before. It's I mean, it's, crazy. It, it's just fucking all over the place. And it's super ambitious, uh, but it doesn't deliver. But at the same time, I feel like films that are this ambitious usually fail spectacularly. Mm-hmm. And this one keeps it together in yeah. spite of its massive flaws. So it's it's just such such a weird film. The tonal shifts alone are make this movie just like a head scratcher. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun like it was like it was like one of the you're at one of those restaurants where the chefs pick the courses for you and you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. And you're like god I hope whatever's coming next tastes good. That last one wasn't so great. And then you're like oh man this is really good. I've totally forgot about the last 10 minutes. That and that's that's this film, and I and yeah. I and I and I mean that a hundred percent. Like you, around every corner, there is like I don't know what's going to happen next. Is, is am I gonna laugh? Am I gonna be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like it's a it's it's a strange one, that's for sure. It is. Uh, so you want to head on to uh, spoilers? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and un- uncook the books. <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 we'll be right back with spoilers for the accountant. Yeah, so, uh, man. <laughs> I, I feel like we could go on for hours about this movie. I mean, where do you want to start? I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, we could, why don't we talk about, oh, yeah, I don't even know where to start. Um, like, the the fact that, so is is he, like, a, a superhero? Like, the, <laughs> they keep, they, well, okay, no, I know where we should start. I was kind of interested to see how this portrayal of a character with ASD um, worked. And what what they ended up with, um, I think, was kind of shallow and exploitative, but not necessarily in... Not, but it was done with it was done with a good intention. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, that's a um, hundred. You're, it, it's not. This isn't. This isn't the type of film that's that. I, it's hard to explain, but you're absolutely right. They're not. They. It's like they wanted to make a superhero, like an autistic superhero, like, and they wanted to do it with, with sincerity. That's what I feel like. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but it's not because. See, here's the thing: is like just be, so. A lot of times, the, the this film, what this film would do, is his superpower would be derived from his disability, right? And this film does do that in some places, but in other places where I think it shines too, it's like he is able to overcome that and be a superhero in spite of this disability. That makes sense. I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but they don't really stick to it. No, He's, they don't. And I mean, you're right. His his trouble with interactions and reading social cues just comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that, so the, the elements of the film where it is strong is, is the beginning, the early part of, parts yep. of the film, the first third of the film, where they're kind of in an interesting idea of him doing basically exposure therapy where he forces himself to be confronted by overwhelming stimulus mm-hmm. and stimuli and cope with it and 
But at the end of the day, I, I feel like he's just their way of explaining his extraordinary abilities is because he's autistic. It's not, sure. I, I mean, it, it's not that he has to overcome all these other things. It's that he is just super, super smart and super lethal because he's autistic. It's, it doesn't end up yeah. being. See, but I think the problem with that and I agree with you, but I think the problem in the, where is the 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 inner the, the flashbacks. So the interweaving of the flashbacks, you could have really set up, and they it's frustrating because they try to do this. They try to show like, okay, the the father has his kids learning martial arts, not has anything to do with with um, the autism. It's just he wants to, his kids to because it's not just so. There's two kids. There's brothers. Yeah. One's autistic, one's not. He makes them both do the same thing. Yeah. And so it's like if I, it, those scenes being in the film are problematic because it throws off the congruity of the film, I feel like. It's, I feel like that is an origin story of, of, of someone's origin story. Yeah. One of just many, many things that is happening all at the same time. Um <laughs> But that would have been the place to really show him overcoming these these issues, and then they don't. But they don't do a good job with the. Yeah, I don't know. They're, you're right. They're, that's just one of many tough issues with this film. I don't. I don't know. I. I so. I don't, I don't know. Let's move on. I, I guess. I mean, we could talk about the autism factor all yeah, day. I, I just. I think that the. It. You know. It was done with good intentions, but it's, it's they only embrace it when it's convenient for the film, and they could have made yeah. it a really important or really meaningful part of the film, and instead it's just a convenient and yeah. attempted a uh, clever, right. being clever. Um, no, you're right, and part of the writing, and it's played for humor sometimes. Um, so. Which which could be okay if you made the investment in making right. the character more authentic, which they didn't do. So yeah, but let's move on. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk? About, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Do you want to talk about Andy Kendrick, John Barenthal? I mean, where do you want to go next? Well, I mean, so the Anna Kendrick thing sort of ties back into the character's ASD. Like they move the, move her into position to become a love interest. Yeah. And thank God they don't follow through with that <laughs> because I I would have been so in the I would not have been okay with the film if they had done that like that was a bullet dodge that mm-hmm. they had the good sense to yeah t- I think tease the audience and not follow through yeah. but I know I kept saying don't kiss don't kiss don't kiss don't yeah and his I mean yeah oh man just. But her character it just serves no purpose other than to move the plot along. Um, <laughs> she literally finds this hole, gets introduced, gets thrown to the wayside, comes back in, and then he has to save her. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I was hoping for some payoff in the... after the climax of the film. Like, they were going to maintain a relationship in some capacity where she could be... Right. I don't know, his surrogate for him somehow, like help him somehow um, navigating interpersonal... You know, you know, be a just, friend. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's something, you know. Yeah. Pro- provide some... Fulfill, fulfill some role in interpersonal relationships. Yeah, in yeah. Like, help him, you know, so she's in the inner circle now. She's seen mm-hmm. the inside, and I was hoping that, okay, you... You tease us with this whole romance idea, but that's fucking awful. Thank you for not doing <laughs> Thank, that. Yeah. Like, you know, do do something else with the character. Make it worthwhile for her to have been in this film in the first place. And just nothing. Just... No, not, a, not, <laughs> not a damn thing. I mean... Uh, he leaves a note, and he's gone, and she's gone and, until the end of the movie. And the, the note. Like, the, <laughs> the emotional cognizance he has all of a sudden for that fucking note. Just so frustrating for me. I, yeah, we are. We're not talking about that anymore. Yeah, uh, silly. I mean, it really was like a, almost an opportunity, I guess, to just cast a name. I mean, she literally probably was on set for two days. Like, she's not in this film that much at all. Maybe a little longer than that, but she's yeah, she's probably in like fifteen to twenty percent of the film. I yeah. would say, if that. And well, and a good five percent, ten percent of that is her just staring with her mouth open. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, that's the truth. The 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 ending shot of, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. I, I want to talk about that later. Later, but the ending shot that's like three. It's that it's so three long. times redundant. It's, like it's so long. Show her opening the corner and then just move on. We fucking get it. You don't need to have her rip a larger thing and then gasp again and then rip a larger hole. We got it the first time. We know. <laughs> and then cut to Ben Affleck's face and then cut back to her and then cut to Ben Affleck's face. Oh my god. Uh, weird. weird. Um, yeah, but I just... So there's so many weird writing choices. Like Jeffrey Tam... So... Uh, I forgot he was in this film, but yeah, that's... Yeah, Jeffrey Tambor's background. That's interesting, but then... Another you origin. have to have origins. Yeah, you have to. It's part of part of his origin, and it, it seems to be an important part of his origin. <laughs> yeah. So there's also this weird implied like Jason Bourne past mm-hmm. that yeah. they just they finish like inserting almost at the end of the film. Like, oh yeah, here's this. So Je- Jeffrey Tambor's character is important in. To so his to the to the accountant's character, right? But in the film, it only serves to tie in J.K. Simmons' character. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that whole character only ties in J.K. Simmons' character. So one of my biggest problems with the film is that we're introduced to J.K. Simmons' character, who is this treasury agent who blackmails another treasury agent. Uh, which is just, I you know, thank God the movie moved past that because that was really stupid and annoying for me. Blackmails another treasury agent into helping him hunt this person down, right? And none of it makes any fucking sense. He knows who this person is. Yeah. There's no pressing crime that he can attribute to this person that he needs to save face by making some sort of attempt to find him. Literally, his entire presence in the movie is superfluous. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. It's totally pointless except to establish the superiority of the accountant. And even even the... um, So our character gives gives us the reason he's chasing the accountant, right? He gives us the reason. But even that reason that he gives doesn't make any sense in the film. Like, this guy made his career. Yeah. And... If she calls, 
you answer the phone yeah. and you do what she says. So what? Then what are you doing? What? Like, what is the purpose of trying to out this person? Yeah. Like you're. You know who he is. Why did you send this other person to? And why did you go to his house? Like, what purpose does any of this solve? <laughs> does it it's make so bafflingly bad. It's. I mean, wh- why? What? What were they hoping to trick us into thinking? I, I don't understand. And in in uh, so, any time she was on the screen, the agent I can't remember her name in the movie. Anytime she's on screen, I was really bored. Honestly, like that whole storyline just it didn't do anything for me. It's it, all the only thing it does is reinforce traits for the accountant. Yeah. Um, and. The only thing I can come up with is trying to reverse engineer it that somehow there was a... Now, even that is just such a stretch. There was some sort of connection, and there was pressure for them to find this guy, and that was cut from the film somehow. Because yeah. otherwise, literally makes no sense. Literally, and they, it, Yeah, just no, not even a shred of sense. Yeah, and the the funny thing is, like, so it felt like he was handpicking his successor in a way, but then again, it's like, she can't hold that office. She, like, that's a high office. She's going to be vetted. We It's revealed to her past that she lied on a federal... Like, she would Like, the whole reason she doesn't want to be an agent is because she doesn't want to go through the stuff that's going to come out, and, like, she doesn't want to go to jail, basically. Yeah, although that doesn't make any sense it either. It doesn't. Because she's, it's not like, you. she has security clearance. <laughs> like, it's not like they're going to. Right, what, there you, you go. Know. And I'm sure, yeah, anyways, that whole, the, the, why we didn't need the black, like the blackmailing was so stupid. Uh, that, that, but there, that entire thread was so stupid. I agree. It was so stupid and so pointless. And all it set up was that he's like an, an informant too. Yeah, like, I, right, exactly. Like it kind of uh, what what honestly what it did was it ma- tried to make the accountant so Christian Wolf Ben Affleck I don't know whatever whatever the hell his name is in, in the movie, um, the good guy so he's less worked, morally ambiguous. yeah 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 it, it tried to clear up his morality a little bit and we don't need that you don't need that in this film there's no, it you first of all you're trying to build a character who's autistic and make them. Uh, understand social social cues and then you're trying to undercut that and then you're trying to say so he understands right from wrong like there's just so many it's like backhanded almost in in that in that approach Uh, yeah I don't I don't really I didn't yeah well it's I mean it's not that so I don't it's it's not the question of his morality. It's the question of his m- manipulation. There you which go. Which is just so absurd. There you go. But then is it his his handler slash friend who's doing the manipulation? Like, is that all on her end? And it's not really... But it, it just... Uh, whatever. Um. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about John Barenthal's character. Because he kind of was like my favorite part of this film in yeah. the beginning of the movie. Like, I really... Was more. Cu- I was curious to see what he was up to and where he was coming from. I mean, it's, it was blatantly obvious who was who was hiring him. Um, that wasn't a secret. It wasn't a secret that he was his brother. Yeah. Um, although it was supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I really loved the moral ambiguity of this character. Yeah. Um, and how that played out on screen. And every every time his character was around, it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, he really was one of the best parts of the movie. And actually, I kind of like the idea of both brothers having existing in these shadowy places and being morally ambiguous, but then they kind of shifted the the accountant into being a, a good guy yeah. a little bit more. They had a, they, yeah, and, and so. at the same time, they never addressed that that Barenthal is the heinous stuff that he's doing either. Like, they don't really, they're just kind of like, oh, they're brothers, they're back together now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't address his... First of all, his murdering of people, like he murders two people in cold blood. I mean, well, I guess for money, he murders them. Mm -hmm. Like they're good people. They have not done anything wrong except find out that someone's stealing money. And so he shoots them and kills them or injects them with insulin. Mm -hmm. So they did the film, but the film never addresses it. It's like, but this is the accountant's brother. You, you, You can't not like the accountant's brother. You know what I mean? Like I... Yeah. The way that the movie ends is just, and I'm kind of like it's funny because John Lithgow is kind of like our surrogate. Like he's watching this play out on, on these screens, and his face is like, "Hey, what the fuck? What is going on? Yeah, what what are they doing?" <laughs> I was the, no okay yeah. So the 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 tonal, the last tonal shift in the end of the film, like, so we laughed a couple times. Yeah, and then by the end of it, we had the entire theater laugh. Like was... it, the absurdity, John Lithgow literally. <laughs> Just spends minutes watching, watching these, the man who came to kill him interact. Like, dude, now's your chance. Get the fuck out of there. Know, right? What are you doing? Yeah, leave. Go, go somewhere. I was so sure. The biggest loop I was thrown for was that he didn't come out and shoot John Bernthal. So, agreed. I was waiting for that. Hundred percent convinced for that, that that was the turn that was coming. Me too. And he just walks out and. Butters a bunch of self-righteous nonsense and get his, gets his brains blown out. Fucking hilarious. Everybody laughed again. And and then the accountant delivers like a one-liner. And I was like, did we just, did this just become like a, a good cop, bad cop, buddy cop film? Like... That's what it felt like. You know, you have these two characters giving this heartfelt like dialogue between each other. John Barenthal's crying, and, yeah. and you're just waiting for that bullet to come through his head. And John Lithgow's watching from the other room. It's it's such a juicy, tempting setup, and yeah. then they just subvert the entire thing. Uh, yeah, that just was... John Lithgow comes in and takes one of the dome. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he gives some, yeah, like you said, self righteous monologue about how he's changing the world and. He just shoots him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a strange film. Yeah, and it's they don't really set him up to be a bad guy. And no. I, I feel like the what they thought would pass for mystery was just all these unrelated things happening at once and confusing the audience. Is yeah, that what they were I going think for? so. I think you're right. Like, yeah, like because you get introduced to. Barenthal's character and it doesn't have anything to do with the robotics thing I guess mm-hmm. no and he's working for, working for somebody, somebody else, else yeah. and, and then 
and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, because in the beginning of the film, I'm like, what, is this going to tie with that first guy somehow? Are they going to tie this together? Like, yeah. what? And No, nope. Just wanted to show you a little bit about that guy and what he can do. Yeah. It's a really strange movie. Yeah. Like, this is, this is one of those movies where... I'm probably going to watch it again in a few years and just marvel over how this got made. Yeah. Like, how... how it ended up being as enjoyable as it did. Wait, let's wait for the four-hour extended edition. <laughs> yeah, right. And what... So what the hell... In the the background of the film, um, the, the their upbringing, youth story, it goes from really intimate and touching... To like straight up fucking comic book, and yeah, like, very quickly, yeah, um, out of nowhere too. Like it, yeah. there's like a huge gap in there too. So I, I was thinking like you know, we're, they're not going to explain his abilities or whatever, and we're just going to see this military dad teaching his son exposure therapy, yeah, and self discipline because that's all he knows or mm-hmm. something like. Just a, a really thoughtful, um, uh, grounded, yeah, realistic, is what, yeah. realistic take on this character trying to help his son the only way he knows. You yeah. know, something like that. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, cool. I want to see. You know, that's that could be really compelling. Like, mm-hmm. um, and and then he's just some fucking black ops <laughs> psychological warfare CIA military intelligence, yeah, unnamed. You know comic book character and all of a sudden he goes from comforting his son when mom leaves to teach in Indonesia <laughs> with Salat lessons being like yeah yeah being a comic book character yeah like, it was it was it was very why? it was very Bruce Wayne-ish why and, and and you have the the scene where the dad dies at the mom's funeral that was that, that all I could think of was Martha Martha Wayne and well, and so what they like a, there's this brawl at a funeral and a cop just starts shooting people like what the fuck what? that was so it's like some Barney Five yeah. character shows oh, up that explains it oh okay yeah it's like like you thought he was pulling his taser and I and mean I, I, but here's the thing is like so you hear it muffled because it's a voiceover you hear muffled I'm, I'm sorry sir this is only for the family and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like don't touch me don't touch me and it's like and then that caused it like I just what like you don't want to say I'm her ex- I mean it seemed like the the the, the widow the widower he, he realized who they were like the, the whole scene is handled so tactlessly yeah like um uh, it, it would make sense for Ben Affleck's character to be super worked up and withdrawn yeah and then the dad would need to be there to like help him cope mm-hmm. but yeah. instead I, I don't even know I don't even know man it just another once again yeah the autism is just lip service and it's not convenient in that scene and they, yeah that's a good way yeah it's not it convenient just... um <laughs> and then the so what what was where we could just talk about the weird plot holes in this movie all day. So yeah. he was he was just some he was in the military. Five four three two eight or something. I don't remember. What and name. they let him go. Yeah. 
Like, they just lose this asset. They just yeah. forget about him. Um, not only that, but apparently he never thought to take up accounting until he <laughs> he went to prison. Right. So that's that was the strangest thing to me. It's it, it's like this this the most critical defining aspect of the character isn't wasn't something innate. It wasn't it, tied to his coping <laughs> mechanisms. He's not. He wasn't an auteur. Not from his childhood. Not from trauma. Just. The guy he bunked with in prison <laughs> talked him into being a black market accountant? Was that's a, how this yeah. happened? Was it an accountant? He was what? Like, yeah. that's the. You spent like 20 years being a, a black ops assassin or something and then just switched to accounting? accounting and yeah. It just, it's so weird, dude. It what is... a weird way to treat it. Why go about it that way? But yeah. luckily it's, it's so glossed over that I don't think anybody is going to... Like think about that while they're watching the film. No, no, I, that's the case. It is, it is, it, it is, it is baffling that that is how he became an accountant. Like <laughs> it, you, at first I thought, okay, maybe he was placed in the prison to yeah. get this information, uh-huh. and that would have made sense if maybe like in they're like, okay, now we're, you, we want you to be an accountant for these guys and get to like, yeah. but that was never the case. He literally befriends this guy, and the guy talks him into being a, an, an accountant. And and here's the other thing: is like, like why? Why did he talk him into being an accountant? For, for like, what, what conversation did they have that made him want to be an accountant for 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 these people? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. don't. What is his motivation? The character watch, doesn't they, have motive. What is his the, motivation? The prison watched Rain Man one day, and Jeffrey Tambor <laughs> went, "Hey, can you do that?" <laughs> yeah. Right. Ben Affleck said, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm autistic. Of course I, of course I have crazy bad skills. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> and, and I can play the piano without ever hearing a tune. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and then they have to like, there everything has to be lit, like connected somehow. So for some reason, J.K. Simmons' yeah. character like." is a treasury agent and the treasury agency the treasury department takes on the roles of the u.s marshal service and witness and FBI, protection yeah like i like yeah dude i'm pretty i'm pretty sure even if you're interviewing some guy in prison that <laughs> you have nothing to do with witness right. protection yeah i know that because you that is what the u.s marshals do <laughs> here's their thing here's so and i just mentioned it but i think this is a bigger issue that we didn't talk about like we don't really what what is Ben Affleck's motivation for doing anything in this film. Like, anything that he's doing, whether it's an assassin, whether it's being an accountant, whether it's being a semi... Like, by him saving J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling's apparently a good father. Or he tells him he's a good father, so he saves his life. Like, and then he... Like, it just... the motive, Any motivations that that character has yeah. seem unrealistic or undefined. I... I yeah. Well, and, th- and then there's some, there's some temporal things that don't make any sense. Like... Jeffrey Tambor's character tells him to find one person he can trust. So, was his I I don't I don't even know what to call the character, his his handler the, yeah. the neuro researcher's daughter yeah his, his handler, like so that was a new thing like when he got out of prison like how like <sighs> how did her because she she clearly has like these absurd cyber espionage skills like where. <laughs> Where does that... When does that happen? Like, is that a thing? The problem is that this film needed to... 
needed a way to be established. Yeah. And nobody wants to see an origin story for a character that they haven't heard of. But yeah. this film needs an origin story. Yeah, you're we right. need to understand why he does the things he does, what his past was, how he has the relationship with his handler. Uh, just it, it, it ends. We just have to kind of accept it. And there's so many things going on in the movie. We don't have time to question it. But uh, yeah. What. Here's the other thing. So I'm guessing he didn't go to that school, this, this, the, the autism Oh, school. no, clearly he didn't. So then how did he keep in contact with this girl? Yeah. Well, so it, And why are they friends? Does it, like... Yeah, and how did he communicate with her to tell her... If they haven't, if they haven't been in contact, yeah. he hasn't been doing this for his whole life, how did he communicate with her to, like, tell her, here's the plan, I'm going to buy your computer, you're going to become... <laughs> A superhuman hacker, and you're going to run my the intelligence operation for my black market accounting firm, so I can launder money to give to your dad to fund his school. Yeah, his caretaking school slash research facility, whatever the whatever it is. It's a strange movie. That's I just keep going back to it. Like there's. I feel like we're talking about... Like, every time we talk about something else, I feel like this is a different movie. Like, it, in context of other things. Like, that's what I'm, I, I yeah. swear. It feels like I'm eating, like, five different courses, and they are, they have no... Yeah. There, there's, there's no continuity with any of them. Well, I mean, so... I feel like... What this movie could have been... Is... We have... A backstory... Told through flashbacks... Just better, a yeah. Better, a better one, yeah. One that is doesn't sure. One that is compelling and not so ridiculous, and also more developed. We have that, and in present time, we have him taking a legitimate consulting job, yeah, and getting in over his head, and strictly dealing with the consequences of that. We don't need. This all this nonsense with mm-hmm. the Treasury Department. We don't even need the like the characteriz the the small bits of characterization that brings. We don't need any of that. No. It's better if he's mysterious and morally ambiguous, and he gets in over his head. And there's a we need a mystery. We don't need him to figure it out within three <laughs> scenes. Like, yeah, it's it's stupid. And if you're going to use the brother capitalize on it like you know right just yeah uh, like have his brother be the one to betray his employer or something yeah just yeah just or have his brother die or do just they make they they make lunch plans (laughs) (laughs) they make lunch plans i just i mean it's it's sweet but only because of john bernthal's performance in that scene is the best performance in the entire film yeah I think um, yeah, I think his performance overall was was spectacular. Yeah, just what a fucking confusing film. It's um, so weird. Uh, yeah, and I I I liked the twist reveal that his handler was the girl from yeah. the first scene, but aside from being really clever, it's it's also 
not very well thought out no. or realized. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a cool idea. I really like the idea, but work for it. Don't just mm-hmm. throw it in there. Like, <laughs> oh, and by the way, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you could backdoor the Pentagon with that the, rig. Oh my! <laughs> there was there was a few times where the exposition was like really bad. Yeah. Um, you want to you want to end this and start talking about uh, what we're going to review next week? I I think I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Um, we both kind of enjoyed this enjoyed this film in a weird way. I so. would I would love to see a sequel with him his character and John Bernthal's character just having a fucking adventure together yes like the yeah yep and ju- just like the fact that they're both these super deadly killers but his brother loves him and right. is like still struggling with his autism and mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> just what a weird absurd way to end the movie I would totally watch a film with those two yes. characters together yeah I agree yeah. I, I want to see that film. I wish this film was that film. Yeah, I do too. Anyway, um, here nor there. So, it looks like the plan is to see Ouija Origins of Evil. I can't believe the, that's, we're saying that. I don't even... Is this real life? That, what, first of all, the fact they even made a sequel to the first one, or prequel I guess is what this is, it is just shocking. But, I mean, it's okay because they spend roughly $15 per film at yeah, right? Blumpkin House Productions, you know? Yeah, Blumpkin. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's getting well-reviewed. It's that time of year. Uh, we may have a double review for you next week, not to tease anything. We, I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, what, I, what I will say is we are still would really love to be able to see... Uh, Shin Gojira or Godzilla Resurgence whatever the hell you want to call it um, so there weird limited opportunities for that to happen yeah. keep popping up um, that would be my first choice but Ouija Origins of Evil It. I mean you, you guys like to hear us review horror movies or it's, Maybe not you guys, but there are people out there who like to hear us yeah. review horror movies or something like that. So, um, I, I would say that is what is the more likely mm-hmm. uh, plan at, at this point. But uh, you know, we're we're wildly uh, unpredictable. We're we're mavericky, roguey, mavericky wild cards. You, you could call us uh, the accountant of of. Uh, podcasting never <laughs> never know what you're gonna get the, the movie okay. we just All reviewed right. it it's All crazy right. yeah. okay yeah. so yeah anyways that's gonna do it for this episode I think um, remember to email us at midnightfilmreview at gmail.com follow me on twitter at Brian Stevens KP leave us iTunes reviews uh, follow Colin at wellhungboy67 uh, I thought it was 68 68 yeah Twist it and punch the tip. Yeah. Uh, Ouija, Origin of, Ouija Origin of Evil was made on a $9 million budget. So. Wow. Yeah. You were right. Blumpkin I, House does I it again. Am, yeah. Uh, Blumpkin House drops another, <laughs> drops a hot one on you. <laughs> All Sorry. right. So uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Okay, bye. <laughs>